This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. Um, this is episode 60 here of Sick and Wrong, and it's actually a special episode this week. Unfortunately, Wackerly is uh, absent, where the show is going to be sans Wackerly for episode 60 because he's in Alaska for work. Yeah, Wackerly went over to Alaska. Actually, we're going to hear all about this next week on uh, episode 61. But Wackerly, I think we've mentioned before, he works like as an engineer or some, something like that. I don't even know exactly what it is. But anyway, he's in Alaska, like in the tribes. I mean, he's like seriously living in an igloo right now. With like a papoose or whatever the fuck it is that they carry around. Don't they carry like babies? In babies their, in, in like in, deer skin. Yeah, yeah. and in their deer skin. I, I, I think he's like hunting walrus. But, he, <laughs> yeah. but seriously, he's like six hours north of Anchorage. So when he comes back next week, he's going to have some pictures and he's going to have some stories. So this week we're going to do a special episode of Sick and Wrong. And I was like, you know, when Wackerly's not here, I don't even want to try to pretend to do a regular episode of Sick and Wrong. So... I invited a special guest, a guy who we've we've spoken about in the past on the show, and uh, yeah, it's my pleasure to introduce here Big Jeff on the show. What's up there, Jeff? What's going on, D? Dude, I'm glad you uh, could make it in here. The show totally short notice too. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I think I called you. Uh, we've we've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, but but um, yeah, I think I called you like yesterday, and so it was cool. But because I my I didn't actually have any guests planned out here, and Wackerly was just like, yeah, dude, I hope you have something planned. I was like, um. Big Jeff. So, end well, up working out. And here I am. But we mentioned you before on the podcast. You were a subject of one of our intros a few shows ago. I'm, I don't even know. I think it was like some, somewhere like episode 52 or something. We were talking about the Wizenator. Yes. You remember yes. That? that? Oh, yeah. That device that you could use to try to... The strap-on. Yeah, that you could use to try to like um, pass a drug test. Yes. Strap-on cock with like a bag of warm piss. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened with that? I, I know we talked about on the show, and I think... You you said you didn't actually end up getting it. No, like you I, didn't use it. No, actually, I didn't get it. Uh, you put a little bit too much on that. I want to add somewhere in there, but uh, no, I did well, that actually. Was like, that was like what beginning of last year. It was like it was a while was a ago. Lot, it was a while. It was ago. a while. You made it sound like it was yesterday. It was a while ago. Yeah, I, well, we try to keep timely here on the second round. I hear you. I hear you. I, I'd roll with it too. No, I actually didn't end up getting that far enough to have to purchase the Wizenator. Yet it was an option at that point in my life. Well, you're going for a job that was going to drug test you, but d- do they really sit there and watch you pee? Like, they well, watch think, for you to pull your dick out and piss? You know, I listened to that episode. Like, and, I can't believe they'd be that rigorous. Well, And I listened to the episode, and and I heard what you guys were saying, and I got that part of it, but I think what, what the Wizenator, what its specialty is for, is for people who have higher priorities with their drug screening, like parolees. And people oh, okay. Look, because... No, a doctor doesn't look at your dick. And I've never been on parole. I've never had to pee for a parolee or to be on parole or whatever the case is. But I know people that have. And I know that they set up mirrors in the bathroom. So they like a watch two-way the mirror. mirror. So they're watching. Well, they just they see the mirror and they see if you are pulling out your cock or not. Because some people will sneak in a bag of warm piss. Exactly, with a straw. Yeah. And uncork it and pee. So it's more or less just the effect of, okay, there's his Johnson. He's peeing. It's all good. I mean, you, I mean, you got to admit, it looked really, I mean, it looked authentic. It did. It did. <laughs> you could order, like, wasn't it like six different colors? It was. It was. It's just, it's just kind of humorous to me to think that you'd strap on a fucking dick well, to pee was, to pass a drug test. You know, at the time, it seemed like, well, once again, like doing the show, it was short notice. It was, <laughs> it was I wasn't expecting it. And, you know, if you're going to offer me. Well, dude, it's better than it's better than relying on all those like uh, the sealants, like Golden Seal, or all those well, other those uh, those things that are supposed to like mask yeah. masking agents. Yeah, and I'm too big for that kind of shit. I mean, yeah. they make those for people your size. Yeah, but like when you're 300 plus Jews pounds, can pass a drug test with a gold seal. Exactly, but when you're 300 plus pounds, it takes like you know three times the dosage. Yeah, definitely. So, well, it was interesting. It was a, it made for a good topic because we like you know we hyped the website and everything. I'm sure people went and checked it out. I'm sure it probably did good for Wizenator. I yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. So, so it's good to have you here on the show. I think Thank the you. topic of the show tonight is something that you have experience with. I'm going to interview you about um, security, and I know you've done extensive security work. We actually worked together at that strip club, the Gold Club, here in San Francisco yes, sir. Yes, for sir. a couple years. 
And uh, I know you've worked in Las Vegas, you've worked in San Francisco, you've worked in uh, the East Bay doing security. So I know you've encountered a lot of fights, you know, some good stories. I do. I so, do. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into it. Tradition that we've started here on the show until we actually finish this godforsaken crap is we've been drinking a shot of this Thai whiskey. Seriously, this stuff costs like two dollars. Yeah, it looks like hell. Yeah, it's fermented hog urine. Yes. But here, try try some. Cheers. Ah, oh, God, it's it's awful. Oh Jesus! I mean, seriously, know? it tastes like rubbing alcohol. Oh, but with a cigarette and a MGD. Hey, Not dude, you could be my guest and kill that if you no, want. Thanks. No thanks. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to get down to the the origin here. So you, you work security. I, I should describe Jeff because uh, we, we don't have a picture. Eventually, we're gonna. You're wearing the sick and wrong shirt, so we're gonna have to put a picture on the website when we actually start selling shirts. I blame that on Wackerly. He hasn't gotten around to that yet. Actually, and I'm I'm web illiterate, so I don't even know how to do that stuff. But anyway, um, yeah. What I want to get down to is the 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 origin here of when you start security. So you're a pretty big motherfucker. You're a big guy. You, you got to be like what six five, three hundred pounds, three fifty. I'm, I'm, you know, right now I'm pushing the heavier side of three fifty. That's for sure. So I mean, you're a big guy, so that's why it's like you're built to work security. Like, I, I who's going to hire me to do security? I mean, who am I going to stop? Um, some six year olds. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I could do security at a daycare, making sure those kids aren't exactly. acting up. You know, or uh, cheerleader camp. Actually, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, Space but... <laughs> Camp would be right in line for Space Camp, dude. Yeah, at a WonderCon convention. But no, I mean, you're, you're built to do uh, security. So when did you get into it? When, when did you start? I mean, did you do it from when you are like, graduated high school? You're like, you know what? I'm going to, like, crush some people's skulls no, no. <laughs> and, and do security, no, be I a bouncer. Into, I got into security. I had moved to Las Vegas when I was 17. And uh, when I turned 18... There was one ad in the paper. Well, you're from Michigan, too. I, I, yeah. I am from Flint, Michigan. Yeah, just from Flint Town. Proud to say. Wackerly and myself are from uh, Saginaw and Midland. So half hour Sag, away. Sag, nasty, yeah, about a half hour away. But we didn't know each other back then. No, no. We didn't actually meet each other until we moved to, to California. To the Oak to Town. To the Oak Town, yeah. There it is. So uh, you, you moved to Vegas. You started security. I moved to Vegas. Well, I moved to Vegas, and I turned 18, and I saw one ad in the paper for security. A security job at this club, which I believe to be a strip club. Uh, it was in a uh, an L-shaped square of other sh- strip clubs and downtown stores. Vegas. Um, not, you know, now it would be considered downtown at that point. You know, it was it was on Paradise. It's where the uh, it's pretty much where the Hard Rock Hotel is right now. If you've ever been to Las Vegas, ten years ago, twelve years ago, I guess at this point, twelve to fourteen years ago, that was a pretty seedy area and was still considered. Well enough off the strip, but now it, now it's like fucking Disney. Now World. it's prime real estate. Yeah. And it's downtown Las Vegas. I mean, yeah. it's, the Hard Rock's there, so the whole place has changed. But uh, I actually applied a couple times and never got an answer back. But, I mean, did you go down there and meet with them, or just kind of drop off a well, resume well, or applied, an application? Yeah, I applied a couple times, application, just drop them off to the girl at the window. Never heard anything back. Ad came in the paper again, and now I was nineteen, and I decided, well, you know, I'm gonna go down there. I went down there, asked for an application. There was a couple gentlemen standing outside. They saw me, and so I mean, was this place like a regular strip club with a stage, girls dancing, getting topless? Or no, it no, like... it, it wasn't, and that's what I didn't know. I thought it was, and I I didn't know why they were hiring eighteen year olds, but I was like, whatever, it didn't matter to me. Yeah. And when the guys saw me when I pulled up to do the last application that I did, and I was hired about two hours later, I found out that the place was more of so. Some guys come to the window, and in the window is a girl wearing a bikini. Okay. And she, you know, fairly hot, you know, whatever. Chicken in a bikini. And behind she her. doesn't look like Robert Plant. No. no okay. So this, no. This, this wasn't like a haggard strip club where, like, you know. Well, I mean, it wasn't a strip club. It's, it's Every strip club has a couple haggard women working there, though. Exactly. I mean, you got to have the day shift girls eventually sneak yeah. into a night shift. The ones that and... look like Robert Plant and yes. Ronnie James Dio. Yeah, you could easily be having sex with Wasp and not yeah. know it. So, no, but so the deal is, is like guys roll up to this place and it's next to a legitimate strip club. And it's on the other side of a sex store and a theater. So they're thinking strip club. And what they do is they see this girl in a bikini and the girl in a bikini tells them, look at guys, 
prostitution is illegal in Clark County, which which yeah. Las Vegas is in. Well, Clark a lot County. of people don't know that they think that prostitution is legal in the whole state of Nevada, and it is outside of Vegas proper. Exactly. So they tell them that, but they make it seem in a way that. You might have found the right place, though. Yeah, okay. So, so they, they give you a hint. Yeah. All right. You don't have to travel. It's illegal. I'm letting you know right now it's illegal, but you know, they kind of play it like something But you might happen. be able to get something. Do they do the same thing at the strip clubs here? Sure. So you, you pay your money. You come in the door, and when you walk in the door, on the outside of the door, it says, once again, prostitution is illegal. Okay, so there are big signs. There's, big signs. Yeah. The ladies told you. you walk not the, being ambiguous. This prostitution is illegal yes, yes. in Vegas. All right. And this place is um, called the, the Black Garter. The Black Garter. The Black Garter. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, you walk into the Black Garter, and uh, you walk up to the bar, and here you have a bartender, and you have some girls that are waiting for you. Now, the thing with inside the bar, which the customers outside didn't know was, if there's two guys, two bells go off. If there's three guys, the bell rings three times, and if there's four, and so on. So, the girls know how many guys are coming in, because they can't see. Next thing you know, around the corner hits some guys. So what are so, you working in the front? Like at well, the, you're working the door? With me was, the whole thing was they wanted me to stay stealth. I had to dress in all black. I stayed behind the scenes. And when the guys came in, the guys would literally come in. They'd have to take a right. they have to take a left. they walk down this hallway. And here's, if there's two guys at the door, there's going to be two girls at the end of the hallway. And the two girls grab them, and they're in lingerie. And they take them up to the bar. And... Their night get, starts. Get a couple the whole drinks. time, I know there's two guys coming in because of the bell, and I'm watching them from the bar, and they have no idea that I'm watching them. So, so you're they, just making sure that none of these guys are acting out of line, well, no one's well, getting no, into fights, no, no one's trying to choke any of these girls. No, it goes beyond that because the whole thing with the place was is they didn't sell alcohol. There was no uh, bar. I mean, there was a bar, but we sold sodas for $7 and water for $6. Yeah, I love that. And that's Vegas for you, right? Yeah. Early, 90, early 90s Vegas. <laughs> so the girls would take the guys to the bar, and that's as far as it went. And the bartender from there would go on to strike the deal. Now, the whole time you're sitting at the bar as a customer, behind the bartender on the wall is a sign that says, Prostitution is illegal. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> and there's a camera pointed at the end of the bar. So when you make your deal with the bartender, you go down and you sign your visa or whatever it is, or you give over your cash, and you're on camera. And the camera has you on camera making your payment to this other register and a sign right there that says prostitution is illegal. So the bartender's kind of like the pimp. He the sets it all up. Exactly. Okay. And this guy was great. This guy, he was old school Vegas. He's been, you know, been there a long time. What I, remember about, what I remember about was that the day I got hired in, they told me two things. Well, they told me three things that were very key to the job. The three things were you're never going to be friends with the bartender. He doesn't care he's there yeah. to do his job don't plan on building any kind of friendship with this guy <laughs> the other thing was and that was just kind of the heads up but the two things that they mainly told me were being straightforward about it exactly but the two things that they made clearly important to me was is you are going to go to jail if you're here because we will get raided we get raided once a year and you will go to jail you will get charged with uh solicitation of prostitution yeah. And the other thing is there's three managers. There's Jeff, there's little Jeff, and there's big Jeff. Jeff you can talk to. Little Jeff you can't talk to. And big Jeff <laughs> you can't talk to either. Now I'm thinking, I'm here, I'm 19. I'm from Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Austin, I'm in Vegas. Here's these motherfuckers I can't talk to. This sounds shady. I, I mean, mean it's, 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 underworld. it's the closest thing I'm going to get yeah. to what I, you know. No, it sounds like the underworld. It's like exactly. Mafia. Yeah. And I, I wish I could remember the name of the bartender, but me and him did end up becoming pretty pretty close as far as it goes. So, so how does it work here? So the guy sets up a deal with the bartender. He goes off with one of the girls to one of the rooms, like they have private rooms, and then they get a dance. Well, is okay. it supposed to be like, quote unquote, lap dance, or is it pretty much you go in there and you fuck? So, well, so that was the thing is the whole time the bartender makes it sound like you're going to go up in the back room and fuck, but oh, okay. he can't tell you that. But he's trying to tell you for a good time. Not so many words. You're going to have a good time if you go in there and it's going to cost you this much. Basically, here, hey, D, you give me 400 bucks. I'm going to give you an hour with the girl in the back room and you're going to be happy. Okay. So now you're going to think, okay. And you, you make the deal. So you think 
I'm going to go in there and at least get a blowjob. At least a novice. Yeah, they're in Vegas. It's early 90s. They're conventioneers. They think they're going to get laid. And this is Vegas. Right? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. Well, anyways. So the bartender strikes the deal. Do the paperwork right there on camera. The guys would go back. And at this point now, I have to watch these guys in these rooms. Because there's, say, 10 girls working. There's... 20 to 25 rooms that are available not that there's ever that many girls there but i mean i'm bouncing from the front to the back from the side to the side because these girls split up and have their own favorite rooms and it's so it, it sounds to me that this guy is like all right 400 bucks i'm gonna get a good time he goes in there and he doesn't get laid well and this is what happens <laughs> is that what essentially happens? <laughs> essentially this is what happens is it's like, it's like, it, it's like a, a trap well, it's like a trap it, it is a trap and the yeah. bartender the bartender the money was sent the bait and switch he was he, the the bartender set the scale for some guys it was 300 bucks for some guys it was 800 bucks some guys it was a thousand dollars he would just size you up be he like, knew that guy's a chump. he knew and that's what he was good at and that's what that guy I, I admire to this day was how he never blew anything it didn't seem like he knew if you were gonna spend 600 he knew if you're gonna the spend keen judge a character 200 exactly yeah. so yeah so for that for whatever your price was set it's gonna get you an hour so the girl takes the guy back in the room, and all the rooms are the same. You enter through. There's only two ways to get to the back of the rooms, and they're both like leather straps, dark. Everything's dark. And here I am in all black, and guys wouldn't see me. I'd be standing right there, and guys would walk past me. There was an instance where I had to hold my breath for guys not to know that I was in the same yeah, right next to them. And then there's two different hallways with rooms in it, and they go in there, and once again through the strap door. And then here's like a little couch setting. And before the before they'd go in, the girl would set the, the timer outside to an hour. Okay. So here the timer set on an hour. This guy thinks he's getting laid. So what is he getting in there? Just this girl kind well, of. It starts out with them? her with some dirty talk. And then depending on the girl, a massage. Okay, so now we're now we're 25, 30 minutes into it. And this guy is getting he's ready. Like yeah. okay. Yeah. I pay my money. Well, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. And the girl now is, you know, she, once again, it's not illegal. It's not legal. We're not. No, and, it's and, not a brothel. And that's the defense is, you know, how how can you think you're going to get laid because it's There's illegal. signs all over the fucking place that say prostitution is exactly, illegal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's basically up so to me. So the guy gets pretty pissed off when he finally well, realizes this. Well, it's up to me to determine when the hour is done. And, you know, there'd be 20 minutes left and I would... So you're basically coitus interruptus here. <laughs> like yes. you're going in there and you're just like, all right, dude, you're done. You're well, not no, no what I would do is time's up. What I would do is, is I would ring the bell when I'm over it. I've heard just stories, his dirty stories about his fucking wife or whatever there is. You know, these guys would pour I mean, would their the hearts. Would the girls be up. naked at least? No, in lingerie. Just lingerie. And these guys would be pouring their hearts out about how one time in gym class with their fucking buddy, <laughs> they gave a hand job. You know, I mean, just shit yeah. you don't want to hear. <laughs> and, uh, so I, you know, eventually you I ring have the a bell. Tape recorder. Oh god! <laughs> eventually I ring the I ring the fucking alarm, and now one of two things happens. These guys, okay. First of all, they didn't they ain't got laid yet. Yeah. And you know, dudes, dudes. He are, just realized it. He just, it just dawned on him that this was a scam. And he well, just got well, not taken. necessarily not yet. One of two things happens: either they it dawns on them that it's a scam, and they want to see a manager, or the girl convinces them that for another three hundred dollars. We can have fun. Is what <laughs> okay. Now, a lot of guys would bite that. Like, okay. Dude, these girls are really persuasive. I mean, you got a, a hot chick they're and hot. lingerie on your they're lap. Because they're not even getting naked. Yeah. So you know how hot girls will get naked for money? Yeah. But you know the really hot girls that won't get naked for money? These are the girls we're talking about. All right. Okay. So these girls are hot. And these guys think, okay, I see. Spend a little so more money. Gonna I'm going to get something. 700 to get laid. All right. Da, da, da. I'm in Vegas. Exactly. Let's just do Let's it. Let's do it. So either they ask to see the manager, and that's when I step in and take them totally by surprise because they they say I want to see the fucking manager. And they're pissed, and then I walk in the door like, "Hello, what's up?" <laughs> A big bald motherfucker. It's like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, All right, dude. And, and beyond that, nineteen and crazier and fuck. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know, you sorry motherfucker. That's the way I saw it. So I mean, then it would go from there. It's it's it's. So I mean, did you have to bust some heads sometimes? Yes, I did. I did at that job, and I'm not like the kind of violent guy that I don't thrive on. 
you know. No, you don't go out picking fights. No, people. I'm not no, that kind of guy. You don't. But back then, I just didn't give a fuck, and I'm I'm doing the right job. So I mean, what? Well, give me a, give me a situation here. What? So the guy, you come in, the guy realizes he's been scammed. He's just like, you know, what the fuck? I want to see a manager, and you're like, all right, dude, prostitution's illegal. You got to go. Well, exactly. And the thing is, I'm gonna be honest with you. Seventy percent of the guys who paid over six, seven hundred dollars had the money, and I walk in the door, and they'd say, you know what? I'm calling the cops, and they'd leave. And they call the cops, and the cops wouldn't come because the cops got caught all the time on us. Yeah. But then there's the construction worker dude who who only makes you know 450 a week, just dropped 300. <laughs> he just dropped his old. He's ready. For the he's week. ready to go for it. He don't give a fuck. Yeah. And 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 you know from there it's it's uh shit I don't know two three hundred feet from that door to the front door. And uh, so, what are you like grabbing the guy in a headlock? Like, how does it? Like, what do they tell you to do? do? They tell you to beat the guy down. Or they just tell you to get him. Well, out Well, they don't there? tell you to do anything. They tell you to get the customer out as quickly and as efficiently as possible. <laughs> so basically, what that leaves you is doing whatever you fuck you want to do. I mean, yeah. if, if you want to clock the guy and knock him out, if you think you can do that and drag him out and throw him out in the front yard, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you want to put him in an armbar and walk him down, it doesn't matter. The point is, you don't want to cause a scene, and the guy can get the better of you. And when you walk in that room, no one see you got the advantage. I had the advantage. I knew this guy's gonna be mad. I've already known what the oh, deal dude, is. You dealt with it. You worked there for a he while. He thinks he's gonna get a manager to talk to him about the situation. When I know that the next thing that happens is either you're standing up and walking out like a fucking man, <laughs> or I'm dragging you out like a little fucking bitch. You know, what I mean, that's just the way it went. And at 19, I could think that way, and and yeah, no, I mean, it worked for me for the most part. So you, so you had to like, you know, drag some people out. Couple times, yeah. I mean, the what best, was the worst guy you ever had to deal with? The worst guy was the guy that spent like three hundred bucks, construction worker, been in Vegas two or three months, needed some ass, couldn't meet any of them fucking girls because you know <laughs> it's Vegas. Here he is, and uh, yeah, I mean, he he put all he had into it. I keep trying to fight you. Oh, we fought, we fought. But the thing is, is I went in with the. I already knew what was going to come towards me. I I always plan, no matter if the guy spent a thousand, they spent two thousand, they spent a hundred. Worst case scenario, I'm fighting this guy. So I already went in there with the impression. And he gave me a little run at first, but then I got him. I got him by his neck. And so that, that head, kind of... head into the wall. That was my, my favorite thing. Was <laughs> he smashed him in the wall. A take him down the hallway, <laughs> and I would just let them guide themselves into the wall. And it's, <laughs> it's the most efficient way you can go. So it's it's pretty much you're grappling with him. Is it? Is it? See, that's my question here with security. You're taught to subdue a guy. Like, how do you do it? You, you don't just like, you don't sit there and fist to cuffs. You punch him a few times. It's not like a boxing match. You're grabbing the dude. You're holding them. Well, it, I guess it depends on yourself because me, I was never a boxer. I was never, I, I came up wrestling. I wrestled through elementary, whatever school. So to me, naturally, I'm going to grab you up and I'm going to keep you as close to me as possible. And I'm going to pick your feet up off the floor and I'll walk you out the bar. And I'm going to set you outside. And then if you want to. If you're such a badass, then we'll figure it out then, from there. Okay, but you're out of the club. Exactly. And, yeah, you've removed it from the building. And the thing with the thing is, is everybody wants to sue. You know, yeah. if you start hitting people, it shows. But if you just grab somebody and you put them in a bear hug and you carry them out and you squeeze the shit out of them, <laughs> smash them in the wall a couple times, it doesn't. You know, it's it's more effective. Yeah, definitely. You know, but whatever. They're, so everybody's different. So you told me, but I remember, I, I kind of want to move on here, but you, you mentioned one story, which I think is, would be perfect to share here on Sick and Wrong. You said, I remember a while ago, you told me that when you're working at this place, some dude came in there and drank a shot of his own cum. He did. He did. So how the hell did that happen? Okay. Like, I well, mean, was he trying to like impress you guys or, or what was going on with that? No, the guy was, it's, you know. <laughs> I mean, dude, that's just kind know. of fucked up. He did a shot of his own fucking sp- Ball milk. Well, and now I'm. Th- <laughs> exactly. that, that's not normal. And now I'm 32, and yeah. I mean, my brother does that. But I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about like you know, most, most normal people don't do well, that. Well, you know, the thing is, is now now I'm 32 years old. <clears throat> I got a family and shit, and it's now I feel bad about those days. <laughs> but back then, when I was 19, here comes this guy who was. I mean, he was literally in his 60s. He was. Oh, he was an old man. Oh yeah, he was somebody's. Not even father, but grandfather. You he could was tell an elderly he, man. He was an elderly man who had a lay. I don't know what his deal was. He was obviously in with a convention. He uh, decided he was going to come down come and in get, there and get some ass. Here he is. Oh, this place right in town. They say you can't get laid, but you can. 
I'm going to do it. Well, he spent 300 bucks. He put on his credit card. He got back in the back room. Now, he, the whole time, and this happened quite often, especially with older guys, it seemed, now that I think about it. Yeah. But the whole time, he's just got boner. He's sitting there talking to the girl. He's probably he's, all hopped up on Viagra. Oh, he's touching himself. He's got a wet spot. <laughs> you know, and, and, and when there's more than one room going, I got to bounce back and forth, so I don't see everything. So he was in a... he. Made a deal with the bartender. He, he went into deal. one of the rooms. He went in the back. He's with a girl. He probably he's, already dropped like 300 bucks. Here he is 60. Here she is 23 and, and hotter than hotter than shit. He probably hasn't had ass like that since like 1942. No, no, this is here. Here is his, yeah. his dream. You know, this is before the internet. So just, <laughs> you know, here's his dream. Yeah, he's not jerking off the internet porn. Here. No, no. Here's his dream coming true. So I'm over it. I'm over the fucking old man boner. I'm over the wet spot. I'm over hearing him talk about just what he's talking about. And uh, I set the alarm off. Well, she goes to tell him that for another 200 bucks, she's really going to give him a good time. All right. So she's just totally playing him. She's playing him. And he yeah. falls for it. And he's like, well, well it's all a ruse. And I'm, I'm sure, I mean, she's, she's a hustler. She's a hustler. He falls for it. She agrees to let him get the money after they're done. Which she shouldn't have done. Yeah. So another 25 minutes go by. I decide it's been an hour. So he didn't even spend any money yet. Not yet. No, no. Now he owes 200 bucks, which I don't know why she ever did that. She should have never done that. And she got in trouble for that. It's an amateur. Amateur. Well, no. She just figured, here's this guy is good for the 200 bucks. He's an old timer. If he walks out the door, he's probably not going to come back. Yeah. Because how do you not live 60 years and not realize <laughs> that you're fucking being fucking moved on right here by some fucking kid? So anyway, she lets it slide. The timer goes off. She's like, for another $200, you know, we'll really take care of business. The old timer catches on. I want to see the manager. I step- so, okay, so he realized he was yeah. being scammed. So I step in, and I'm like, what, what's going on, sir? Like, he says, I want to see a manager. I walk in the door. It's as quick as that. And already he's scared. And I'm not going to do nothing to this You're not going to beat some old man's ass. No, but I got to portray I mean, that I will. I well, got- yeah, I mean, you haven't. I mean, yeah, if I have to, I have to. Me. At this point, whatever. I was so jaded that it didn't fucking matter. But yeah. I really didn't want to. I mean, I, no. I felt bad. I was just like, God. <laughs> but I mean, if he was trying to start something with you, if you like went up to you and like well, hit you not, in the face, you'd have grabbed him and taken him out. If you'd have touched her, I, I always use the girl's excuse. You yeah. touch the girl, I'm a fucking, it's on. Right? So anyways, he says, well, come with me to the ATM. Well, that's the deal we work on, I should say. I'm going to go with him to the ATM, which is over at the sex store. In the same place. You're just going to make sure he doesn't take off. Make sure he doesn't take off. He goes there. He puts his card in. He does his thing. No money comes out. <laughs> okay, so now, now the fucking guy ain't got no money. And now, here she is vouching for him. Here I am hearing her vouch for him and not stopping it. And now we got to go back and face the bartender. So, yeah, you bring him back into the black garden. bring him back into the black garden. I get the bartender, which I wish I could remember his name. And uh, explain the situation. The it's probably, his name is probably like Mickey or something. Yeah, it was like Ray or... No, no, that's Ray from the Gold Club. I don't know what his name was. Old-time Vietnam dude, crazier and <laughs> crazier and a shithouse rat. Just badass dude. Well, he's pissed. Because here, if she cuts a deal, eventually he's responsible for that money. And he didn't know nothing about this. Now, now there's 200 bucks... That he isn't, you know, he's responsible for it the way he sees it. Yeah. So he starts flashing on the old guy. You old motherfucker. You da da da. You just going off on him. And the guy's shaking. The guy doesn't know what the fuck to do. He's some old man. He, he thinks he's yeah. about to get shot in this club. And, you know, he's like, <laughs> he think, must have been scared. Oh, he was scared. Scared as hell. So the bartender says, Well, how are we going to deal with this? How are you going to pay us your debt? The guy's like, I don't know. I don't have any money. My credit card, da da da. Watch don't look like it's worth nothing. Your rings don't look like it's worth nothing. <laughs> You're doing something to pay us the fucking money. The guy's like, I don't know. I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. As you're just kind of standing there watching this, just like, yeah, I'm standing, up, I'm standing up on the guy like, I'm about to do something to him, you know. And the bartender says, you know what you're going to do, partner? And he pulls out a cup. And he says, you're going to go jack off into this cup. <laughs> out of nowhere. The bartender suggests this? The bartender this? Su- suggests this. And the guy's like, Excuse me? You know, the guy doesn't know what the fuck. Just some old, some, someone's grandfather. Yeah, he's out of nowhere. You're jacking off in this cup. So the guy is like, 
excuse me. He's like, if you want to walk out of here on both those legs and get home and tell your wife what you did in Vegas, da-da-da, you're going to go fucking jack off in this cup. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, you know, he, at this point, he's scared. Now yeah. he doesn't know what's going to go on. And so he asks if the girl can come along with him. And that pisses the bartender off even more. <laughs> you dirty motherfucker. You pervert motherfucker. Here's what's going on. But we had all these these magazines that we left down by the fireplace. The girl goes and gets from a magazine. She's like, you know. Uh, dude, you must have been laughing. Well, I don't know. No, well, good, I'm not, Okay, because you're just kind of like, this is weird. Yeah. Jack off in the cup. Like, what are you talking about, right? Uh, we always knew the bartender was crazy, but what the fuck is this? So the old man takes the magazine. He makes me go watch it. Go keep an eye on him. The guy goes in. He goes through. He does his thing. He starts. He pulls his cock out. I leave. I'm like, I'm not watching it. I come back. He's done. He's he's not in good shape at this point. You could. He's but he just jacked off in a fucking shot glass. But you could tell he was in there. He didn't know I was watching him. Like sit there afterwards. He was scared. I don't know. It was just a <laughs> weird scene, Dan. I don't think I would have been able to do it. It was a weird scene, dude. It was a weird scene. So, anyways. He comes out with a cup of cum. <laughs> this is so horrible. It probably doesn't make any sense, but he comes out with a cup of cum. <laughs> and the bartender tells him, if you want to walk out of here with everything you got, you're going to drink that. Dude, that bartender's a sadistic bastard. The guy about churns fucking white. No pun intended. He yeah. about fucking... He does... He, he... I mean, here we are. Probably middle American six-year-old guy. Yeah. What? I mean, the guy's probably from Oklahoma. The guy looks at me. The bartender looks at me and gives me the nod like, get up on this dude. <laughs> so gonna... I'm up on him. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm, at this point, I want to quit and walk out the fucking door. But I don't know what to do. And the bartender says, you're going to drink that. Or you're fucking, you don't want to know what's going to happen to you. So the guy starts shaking, and he asks for some water. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to say he needs a shooter. Yeah. So the bartender gives him a cup of water. <laughs> oh god it's horrible and the guy takes a drink of water and he looks at the fucking cup and he he can't do it and he looks at the girl and the girl is trying not to laugh <laughs> he looks at me and i'm like i'm just looking yeah, at him you're like just disbelief sick fuck. yeah what the fuck i don't know why right now i don't really know what's happening uh, where is my life yeah, gone? dude i yeah <laughs> seriously i, I would have started like yeah i would have started like what has happened in the last 10 reflecting minutes on my point my my existence at that point exactly the bartender gets in his face and tells him once again, here's your last chance. If you want to walk out of here, you're going to drink that. And the guy fucking, boom, shoots it. Shoots the whole thing of cum. Well, I mean, it didn't all come out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he pretty much shot, drank a shot glass of his own fucking cum. He drank a shot glass of his own cum. And when he takes it, the girl just starts laughing. I get sick. I'm like, <laughs> well, oh Seriously, my God. I would have probably ralphed. I mean, I would have been kind of disgusted at that point. The bartender, like, damn near dry heaves, and then says, you fucking sick <laughs> bastard, get the fuck out of my bar, I can't believe you did that. And the guy's, like, looking at him like, you can't believe I did it, I just fucking, you told you me, just me to do it. me to do it, You yeah. told me to fucking do it. And now he's like, get him out of here, and now I gotta touch this guy, and I'm thinking he's gonna spit on me or, or whatever, you know? And I'm all, dude, get the fuck up out of here, just leave. And the guy has no idea what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I so we ended up just leaving? I walked him out. He said he's going to call the cops. I, I, <laughs> What's he going to tell the cops? Exactly. I come back in. The bartender is just like, I can't believe you did that. That sick old <laughs> motherfucker. And I'm like, but you left him no choice. He's like, all he had to do was get up. I mean, he's like, you weren't going to do anything to him, were you? And I was like, well, fuck no. I didn't want to. But I thought I had to. <laughs> and he's like, Dude, in no way. I would never would have made him do that. And I was like, oh, my God. The guy fucking drank his own cum. Uh, dude, that, that's got to be that's gotta be one of the nastiest stories. It should be in, like, a Tarantino movie or something. I don't know. So, yeah. So, anyway... <laughs> After that, dude. <laughs> so moving on here. So you worked there for a few years. You ended up relocating. I worked there for like a year. You worked there for a year. And uh, I'm sure you did other various gigs doing security at bars and stuff like that. I did. In, uh, in Vegas. You relocated to the East Bay. And this is how uh, I ended up meeting you is because 
buddy of mine, my roommate, worked at this bar called the Mallard Club, which is in the East Bay. Yeah. And uh, you were doing security over there. Yeah. Now, that place, it's a pretty cool bar. It's like um, two levels. Uh, there's a great smoking area outside because you can't smoke in bars in California. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I mean, you get a lot of hot chicks. You, you get a lot of, like, frat boy type of dudes in there. You, you got the whole Berkeley thing, but you also, it's in a neighborhood, so you got the, the, the neighborhood thing going on. But, I mean, you would get a lot of dudes that would come in there, and they would get drunk, and they would get violent. I know, uh, I know, I know you've had a few altercations at that place. Uh, Pat, who uh, has been on the show before, He's had to deal with some stuff in that place. Yeah. But real quick, I, I want to get to a couple stories here in particular because uh, we're, we're going on a little bit long. But one story in particular, okay. which was always my favorite, when you were working security at the Mallard, you had to, like, break up. I, I'm probably getting this wrong, but you had to break up a guy. Like, you had to s- stop a guy who was having sex with a girl who was puking. Yeah. Like, and it was, like, on the, the back deck or something of the Mallard. It was on, yeah, it was in the, the, res- the and area. And he wanted to, like, fight you and stuff. I mean, it, yeah. It, like, yeah, it escalated. It was so, so tell this story here. What, what happened with this? Okay, well, I'm downstairs at the front door, and the bar back comes and gets me and says. How long did you work there at this point? Oh, a good year or so. Okay, so you'd been there a year. Yeah. Yeah. You, maybe maybe just under. a few people before. Oh, yeah. I mean, every night. You yeah, know, but at that place, it was more like she just talked to him and then left. But so there wasn't that much violence. No, there was always potential because it was such a neighborhood place. Such a ten year, ten years later, these high school guys running into each other from different high schools, and always a, a could be, but it was always you know nothing really that bad. It's pretty tame. Pretty tame, but I mean, you never know. Yeah, you never know. So, anyways, I got to work that night, and there was a company had rented the upstairs. For a company party, which companies did? There's pool tables up there. They had pizzas. They had their own company party. Well, the company parties they could only rent from like six to eight, and then it opened up to so the rest of the people. So they rented the upstairs. They rented the upstairs, but after eight o'clock, the bar is open, and if they stay, they stay. But it's not their spot anymore. Okay. Well, so the bartender comes and gets me, and if you're upstairs, there's a back door that had an alarm on it. That uh, not like that went to the police, but just for us, an alarm that we had a key to because customers weren't supposed to go back there. It was, it, it where, was we, a, it was where a, we like stored an emergency beer. Exit? Well, it's, it, no, well, it was emergency exit. It was also where we stored stuff, and it okay. was just off limits to customers. So when that goes off, the bartender who was doing his job should be walking around and hears that and figures out the situation is. So the alarm goes off. He comes down and gets me, and he's frantic. And he's like, this guy won't leave. And he's like, I'm calling the cops. So I'm like, whatever. I go upstairs. I go out the back door, and here's this guy. And he's behind this girl. This girl's on her all fours. He's behind this girl. So they're, they're doing it doggy style. Yeah. He's, so the bartender heard them back there? No, the bar he, back. Okay, the, the bar, bar back. who's picking up glasses. Is he in saw the back. something going on. Well, he hears the alarm. He looks out the door. He yells at the guy. The guy's like, fuck you. <laughs> the he dude's com- just banging this chick. He's like, fuck you, dude. But the thing is, is the chick's like throwing up. <laughs> and the barback sees this, and the chick doesn't seem like to be like with it. That's that's one classy guy there. Yeah, that's a hell of a he's, guy. He's like banging a chick from behind while she's puking. Exactly. God, that's America for you. So he comes and gets me, and I go out there, and I don't know what the hell the situation is. I walk out in the back, and here's this guy just killing it. Just behind her, <laughs> railing just fucking it. Just Ron Jeremy style. Yeah, she doesn't look like she she's like with it, but she's not. And she's got throw up on her chin. Uh, and there's a pile underneath her. It's automatically, I think. I don't understand. It takes a certain breed of dude to do that. Well, and automatically, I think this guy's taking when advantage of When a girl starts puking or crying, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, and, I, and that's automatically what I think is this guy is taking advantage of this girl. Well, you thought, you, yeah, he was probably, you know, doing, you know, raping some drunk chick that was passed out. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's happening? I don't know they're part of the people who rented out the place. All I know is here they are. Here, yeah. This is going on, and now I got to stop it. So I'm telling the guy, because I don't want to just step in. I mean, I, I, I just was like, you know. So you walk up there, and the guy's still banging her. Yeah, and I'm yelling at him, and he's like, leave us the fuck alone. And I'm all, <laughs> and the chick, she's looking at me, and she can, she doesn't look like she's with it. But she's like, leave us alone. So what are you saying? Like, stop? Yeah, like, I'm like, okay, uh, break it up. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? You're not supposed to be back here. <laughs> you know, I don't care if you fuck her. But come on, you got a car, you go downstairs, outside, whatever. He's like, get the fuck out of here. He tells me to get the fuck out of my bar. 
I look at the chick. She's going to leave us alone. So now I realize, okay, he's not raping her. Yeah. And that's the first thing that goes through my head. So now I'm yelling at the guy. And the whole time the guy's fucking the girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, he's just he, I love how he's like sitting there arguing with yeah, you and while he's like fucking this girl I don't necessarily want to tackle the guy because he's got a heart on and I don't just, <laughs> it's whatever it just is weird so I know the barbacks already called the cops because he thinks you're not going to go put him in a bear hug no he thinks that they're, they're he's raping her he, the barback doesn't know what the hell's going on and uh, the chick the, the chick has been thrown up and that's obviously clear and I turn behind me, and here's a guy who used to work there, and he's giving me the nod like, ain't nobody looking, whoop his fucking ass. <laughs> and once again, all I think of is like boner and like, yeah, I don't want to. this guy's fucking this girl. You uh, don't want to, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad he's fucking her, you know? I mean, it's, I don't, nothing against that, but they got to get the fuck off the deck. Yeah. So I finally, I grab the chick by her arm, and I pull her off of him. And at this point, you know, and then I see he's not really even completely hard he's not really even fucking they're both so wasted and it's funny is because it's it's total berkeley fucking i mean a lot of people that uh that live in europe they they don't know berkeley but berkeley okay go go search for berkeley california and google and and you'll see it's just like a bunch of granola you know um hippies uh people wearing sandals and tie-dyed shirts it's just like people are very you know, tranquil, they're calm, and they're they, they, they're they're very politically correct here in Berkeley. So it's yeah. weird to see something like this happening. Yeah, and here's this guy. He had a. I still remember he had a Jerry Garcia band shirt on, <laughs> in like you know hemp Doing shorts, Jerry style, hemp shorts, and the Air Jesuses. What do you want to call them? The sandals, and, Birkenstocks. Uh, Birkenstocks. And he's having sex with this black girl that you know. And I just got to throw that in for reference for the story because she doesn't. They don't seem to be like they'd be together. Yeah, here's like this mid twenties black girl with this late thirties, early forties, like short hair guy, but with Jerry Garcia band shirt. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it you know, it smelled like malt meal in there. It was just, <laughs> it was fucking weird. No, but seriously, so, so finally, I get them to stop, and when I pull her off of him, he's not even really fucking her. He's like, you know, he's got whiskey dick. He's like behind doing the motions. I didn't know this. We get him to pull his pants up. Right then, the cops come. We give him, We take him off the back stairs, and then so that was, did you have to forcibly remove him though? I had to pull her off of him because oh, okay. he wouldn't stop. And I thought the whole time he's killing it. You know, I'm thinking this guy is just killing it, right? Dude, I, I'm amazed at this guy. I mean, he must have been wasted. Yeah, not to he stop. He was wasted. He yeah. was wasted. She was wasted. He was wasted. And come to find out, they worked at the same company together. They had, you know, God, that's got to be some office gossip over there. Everybody was vouching for. Oh, yeah. oh God! Monday morning must have <laughs> Monday been morning, hell for dude. both. Yeah. Of them. <laughs> But that was that story, and the cops ended up taking him away, and that was basically it. And so, that, I mean, so what happened to the girl? She just kind of, like, left. Her friends kind of... Uh, yeah, we kicked them both out. Kicked them both out. And we said, you guys both got to go. There's no way we can let one of you stay <laughs> and one of you go. I mean... It just, it just cracks me up because, it, that I mean, that's kind of an isolated incident. I know that doesn't happen too often, but I know a lot of uh, bouncers and bars have had to deal with similar circumstances. Well, and it was a classic story. Yeah. Uh, one more story I want to share real quick with the... Uh, the, the, at the Mallard, one of my favorite stories. And I remember you were kind of embar- you weren't embarrassed by about about this, but you were a little freaked out about it. You gotta admit. Remember that one girl that was in there? She was like kind of ghetto. She was kind of like uh, she was. I think she was a white chick, but she was ghetto. And she um, had started. I think she had like need some guy in the balls upstairs. She, needs, yeah. she was like starting shit with a bunch of people. You had to kick her out, but I think you had to like remove her from the premises. Well, no, what happened is is the guy who she need in the nuts was uh, a regular. I knew him very well. But how often have you ever had to deal with a girl who's uncontrollable? That's like, you know, freaking out. Every and... once in a while. Not that often. I mean, usually it's dudes, obviously. Uh, but I mean, did you have to break up a chick fight every now and then? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the girl fights sometimes are better than the guy fights because, I mean, they go fucking crazy. Well, you always just kind of want to, like, get some mud or something or some oil and just kind of get a tub and be like, let's yeah. just go. Yeah. You know, we'll make some money off of this. Exactly. Big beer vat. Yeah. <laughs> Great. No, so this night in particular, the barback, once again, the barback comes to me and says, uh, you know, so-and-so's on his, something's wrong. And so I go over there, and here's this guy that I know. He's a regular He's on his hands and knees, or you know, he's on his knees, and he's holding his balls. <laughs> so she just need him in the nuts. And I'm all. And his name was Curtis. 
And I'm like, Curtis, what the fuck, right? And he's like, this bitch just fucking need me. <laughs> and I look over, and this chick, I clearly remember, but she, she came in in, like, a sweatsuit. And she checked the place out, and she left, and she came back in, like, this Victorian dress with, like, cleavage and high heels and her hair all done. And she was skanky, but, like, when she came... But I mean, she was ghetto hot, would you say? Yeah, like, yeah she was, that's really not the word for her. She was more of a tweaker than anything. Okay, so she was kind of white trash. Oh, total white trash. All right, she was a white trash chick. Total white trash. She came in a sweatsuit, left, came back in this Victorian dress with, like, <laughs> high heels and her hair all... She had the mall wall going. It was fucking great, right? And I remember letting her in and, and looking at her tits and being like, wow, she cleans kinda up. Hot. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, cleans she up. Better. You know, whatever. Not even 20 minutes later, here's Curtis on his fucking <laughs> knees, right? So I asked Kurt, I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, oh, I don't know, this bitch is crazy. And he's completely, you know, solidly been hitting his balls. You can tell he's in pain. And I asked her, I mean, her tits are just up underneath her chin. And I'm like, what, what, what did he do to you? Because I automatically want to assume that this guy's done something. Yeah, something happened here. She's like, he looked at my titties. Nobody looks at my titties. <laughs> and I said, did he touch you? I say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I said, did he touch you? And she's all, nope. And I'm all, he didn't touch you. She's like, nope. That motherfucker looked at my tits. Nobody looks at my titties. <laughs> and I said, he didn't touch you. I had to clarify like three times because I'm not getting what's going on. Yeah, you know, this is definitely strange. And he's all, dude, I didn't, I didn't never seen this girl before. And she was like, nobody looks at my titties. <laughs> And I said, so you kicked him for looking at your titties. She said, oh, yeah, no, same thing. So I'm like, you got to fucking go. Yeah. You're crazy. You're out. You're, you're, what the fuck? 86. She's like, I got to go? And I'm like, yeah, you got to fucking go. So she leaves. And she left. She was looking at me like she's about to do something. So she left peacefully, though? She did. She was yelling? Like, was she, like, screaming epithets at you? No, no. She left very, like. Cursing? Well, just at him. Okay. In the situation. But with me, she was just whatever. Amenable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. And so uh, that was it. That was as far as that went that night, and you know, whatever. So I guess you, what you really want to hear about is what happened like a month well, later. This is what's funny. So, so he kicks his girl out of the bar a month later. You're working. Yeah, were you working? No, it was my birthday. Oh, it was your birthday? Okay. And we all went to uh, the bottom of the hill to see uh, a band for my birthday. And I had rode in with some people from the bar, Pat being one of them. I left my truck at the bar. I get back that night, and I'm wasted. Been in the city drinking. It's my birthday. It's my first birthday in, in California. So, yeah, I'd been there about six months. Okay. And uh, I get in my truck. I had, a, I had a truck. I get in the truck, and I see something in the windshield wiper. I'm like, what the fuck? And I, I pull it out, and it's a Polaroid. <laughs> and I'm all just underneath the windshield yeah, wiper, outside underneath the windshield, like a flyer. Yeah, but I pulled out and I could see because I didn't have inside light, but I could see through the light of the parking lot that it was a Polaroid. So I get it like in the light even more, and I see it's a chick, and I'm like, oh <laughs> hell yeah, right? So I go back in the bar because they're still closing down, and I get in the light to see who it is because in my head it's like either this girl or this girl, this girl. one of them knows my birthday, yeah, one of the ones I'm trying to hook yeah. up with, whatever. It's her birthday, you know. You're like, oh, this chick's putting a picture of herself. It could car. possibly be like three different girls at that time, whatever. And you're uh, soaked, y'all, fucking <laughs> juiced right now. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking juiced. And I get in the bar and I look, and here it is, this fucking girl. And it's this girl, and she's in, like, this lingerie, short suit it's the, set. It's the, it's the chick you kicked out of the it's bar. It's the chick I kicked out of the bar, which I've seen since then in the neighborhood, like, walking by the bar. And obviously, she's seen me, and she's fucking seen the truck that I drive. <laughs> and uh, she's in, like, these little skimpy shorts and a skimpy bra. And she's leaning back on a bed, and she's got... I think it was like a nine millimeter in her underwear. So she she has a gat, a nine millimeter gun. She has a gun in her underwear, in her panties, holding it like a gun in her panties. Like Tupac would hold it, exactly. But he didn't wear panties. He could have. <laughs> I didn't see the. Uh, I didn't see the. Uh... Yeah, I didn't see that documentary on him. He could have though. Yeah. So you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, <laughs> Not what you well, expected at all. Yeah, I mean. Not what I expected at all. And the first thing I look at is the rest of the room. What's going on in the room here? First of all, the room's very dirty. <laughs> That's not appealing when you got this crazy tweaker girl, right? Yeah. 
At least if you do all the speed, at least keep your fucking room clean. <laughs> so that's already down. That's already strike four, right? But then here is a pic- a size like thirteen. I'm gonna say size pair of Adidas. <laughs> and so the first thing I think is, okay, whoever's Adidas those are is it's their, it's their, is, yeah, it's their boyfriend's Who is taking gun. the picture? This isn't cool. I mean, I don't <laughs> like this situation. No, I think she's trying to give you a sign there. Yeah, she was trying to give me a sign, and. uh so did anything ever come of this? Like, did you ever see her again? I did. Well, what I did was I took the picture home. And my brother, I was living with my brother at the time. And my I brother, remember seeing the picture and my, I thought it was really funny. And my brother loved the picture. He yeah. thought it was just hot. It was great. Ah, oh, dude, she was like the type of chick that you'd see at the back of like a Let's, hustler. He put like it on the, the fridge. Hunt. He's like, yeah. we'll put it on this in the fridge. And after like a week or so, I'm like, you know what? If something happens to my truck, if my tires get, I want some kind of proof that this bitch has got something to do with it. Because obviously she lives around that neighborhood. So I knew a cop from working at the bar. I called him up. I showed him the picture. First thing he says is, well, I think she wants you. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. The same thing my brother said. And I said, you know, I just want to make a report in case something happens to my truck. So he took the picture and he kept it. And I saw a couple times after that, she would walk by. It was the same thing every time. I'd be sitting in the bar with the door had a top and a bottom to it. So we'd keep the top open, but the bottom closed. And there was a liquor store across the street from the bar. And she'd walk by, and she'd have some dude with her. And the dude would be and, mugging the shit out of me. And so he, they're on the street. They're looking at you. Uh, and it was trying the same to intimidate thing. you. A different guy every time. The guy would be looking in the door like from across the street like, I'm going to fucking, what, what, what? And so it pissed me off. They go in the liquor store. They come out of the liquor store. And by that time in my head, I'm like, fuck this motherfucker. <laughs> fuck her. Fuck him. <laughs> So I'd go outside, and then I'd be standing up, and then the guy would see me standing up and be like, not even look at me and walk away. And this went on like three different times before finally she just stopped even trying to do whatever she was trying to do. I don't know. Oh, okay. So she she gave up eventually, and that was it. You never saw her again? I did see her. I saw her at a house party about two years later. She never hooked it up? I hit it. I no, no, I never, I never, I never hooked it up before. Dude, I just, I just love that story just because this girl actually had the wherewithal to actually put a Polaroid on your truck. I, I, I just, you know, that that, that definitely takes him crazy bitch. There. Yeah, crazy woman. Sick and wrong is now on sickradio.com. All right, well, dude, we gotta we gotta wrap up the show here. But one thing I wanted to talk about, and b- before we get out of here, is so we did we have a history. I remember I worked at the Gold Club, which is a strip club, big strip club here in San Francisco. I worked there as a DJ for about three years, mm-hmm. and uh, two of those years, at least two, maybe two and a half, I got you a job. Remember, I like uh, recommended. Yeah, uh, I put in the word in for you. You ended up getting a job doing security there. I did, and seriously, like in my working career that was probably the best job i've ever had because it was a lot of fun that, i mean that job was great it was just fun because you know you, you go in there you get drunk you get high you dj you play music you get to see naked chicks you yeah. got your buddies working there i mean me you uh we had rolando we had rolando on the show who was the italian guy badass bouncer dude that worked there too oh, sap- dude, we, savage. we would just fuck around the whole night well it's basically here we are we're in our mid to late 20s we see some of the best titties and ass in San Francisco has to offer as far as strip club goes. Yeah, this was the creme de la creme of strip clubs. The best titties and ass in San Francisco. We would go back to D's apartment after like a Friday night shift. We would count our money, which on D's hand was was big time. Yeah, I made bank at that time. I mean, I'm pulling three or four hundred D's making me look like a chump. We're smoking bowls. Dude, there were some nice beers. Oh yeah. I mean and, and here we are here we are just loving life it was a, it was a great time it was a good time and plus you know i look back at it now like in hindsight that was the easiest time i've ever had to get laid i mean it was like all it took was so what are you doing after work you want to come over and smoke a bowl mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it i, I think mean, at one time i can quote you as saying i can quote you just like rolling stone quoted paul stanley as saying that Sex was like churning on the water faucet. It was as easy as that. It was so simple. That's probably why I got gonorrhea three times from working at that place. (laughs) Three times, two. That's another story altogether. But anyway, strip clubs are a very sexually charged... As we were talking about the Black Goddard, it's a sexually charged environment, especially when you add alcohol into the mix. And the thing is with the Gold Club, 
it was the type of place where you it, it was a topless club but they had a full open bar so it's like people would go in there they would get wasted and it's the same thing as like what you're talking about with the black garter is you have girls that are pulling this hustle on these guys. It's like they think they're going to get more. They think they're going to be able to hook up with them in a hotel room afterwards. But pretty much but, they're getting scammed out of like 800 bucks. Well, but but on the other hand, I mean, it was your typical strip club. Just very high. Every end. strip club, yeah. I mean, this place cost 30 bucks if you just wanted to... S- just wanted to get upstairs. It was... You well, know, it cost 30 bucks to get in. 30 bucks to get in. Another 20 bucks if you want to get upstairs. And I mean... A lot of those girls, I believe they were giving up the ass after the fucking clock was over. You know what I'm saying? Where no, they... I know, I know, I know for a fact that there are a couple. Yeah, that exactly. were doing it. Yeah, that were doing it for money. I'm not gonna name but, any names. Yeah, I don't want to get. I don't want to like give any incriminating evidence. Here. So on one end, it was very different from the Black Garter, but on the other end, it was the same thing. Guys yeah, go in. All strip clubs are kind of the same. They're all the same. But but the Gold Club, those were some gold golden years. Golden years. But the thing is with the Gold Club. There were some epic fights that both of us were involved in. Yes. yes. And uh, a couple of... So so right here, I want to share my favorite fight. Okay. And you want to share yours. We'll kind of do this really quickly because we need to wrap it up here. But um, my favorite fight actually involved you. I was okay. working that night, and it was probably the best fight I ever saw in the Gold Club. And so to, to summarize here, what, what actually happened is uh, there's a girl, she was an Asian girl. I think her name was, I can't even remember her name, May or something like that. She was an Asian girl. She was getting a dance. She was giving a dance to this, uh, this I think he was a Mexican fellow. But he was like wasted. I mean, this guy was completely drunk. May was the girl with the high-pitched voice with the huge titties, right? Huge tits. Yeah, May. Yeah, that just these huge fake breasts mm-hmm. for um, such a diminutive Asian girl. And so she was giving a dance to this guy. He was spending a bunch of money on her. And, yeah, he, does, he doesn't get laid. I think he thought he was going to get more than he was actually going to get. He ended up getting really upset, and he started accusing her of stealing his car keys. And what's funny about this is the girl's wearing a G-string and, like, you know, a bikini top. And Where probably, is she going to put the car keys? Well, and, I mean, I know. guess there are some holes there you could shove the car keys into, but really, realistically... She didn't have this guy's car keys. And if you spent three minutes talking to the girl, she probably couldn't fucking drive a car anyways. Yeah. No. So, so this guy's drunk. He starts screaming at her. She's freaked out. She runs over to the owner of the club. And now the owner of the club is a, an older Asian gentleman. And he's worked there. I mean, th- this guy's owned the club for a long time. And, and you know, I don't want to talk about any underworld mafia elements with this place. But I'm, I'm sure there are definitely connections there. Well, anyway, this guy, um, we're, we're just going to call him Mr. L. So Mr. L was the owner of the club. He's, Fucking badass. Yeah, he was just a badass. He, he, was, I don't, he barely spoke English, but he wouldn't really talk to anybody. And when he did say something, you listened because he was a very fearsome guy. And so he's sitting there at the bar talking to one of his managers. And uh, this girl runs over to him, starts screaming like screaming she's his she's hysterical she's screaming in uh, chinese he's talking in chinese like what's going on what are you doing and then this fellow the guy that was getting the dance walks over and starts screaming at her and he's t- so mr l is telling him to calm down trying to like you know tr- trying to calm down the situation the dude just reaches back and punches mr l right in the side of the head or right in the fucking side of the head just right in the side of the as head as hard as he can he, i mean he cut open his eye i mean he hit him hard and then mr l was i mean mr l was probably like in his 50s but a very demure like distinguished gentleman here i'm gonna say late 50s so it was kind of like i would say it was akin to walking into the playboy mansion and punching hugh hefner in the face uh, yeah it yeah. was it was similar to that sure so sure. This is when the fight started. It was great because I was upstairs in the DJ booth. The DJ booth was on the second floor. I could see it all. And so as soon as Mr. L got punched in the face, this little bartender, this guy, who's Jimmy. one of my favorite dudes, oh. his name was Jimmy. He was probably about 5'4", maybe, just this little Asian guy. He's over that bar, crouching tiger, hidden dragon style, jumps with his kick. Like I mean, he had his like foot outstretched. He came over the bar with his yeah, feet jumps, in the air. I mean, he's like had a kick in the air. And I mean, it's like crouching tiger style. Hits this guy in the face. Guy falls on the ground, and he's kicking him like, wow, wow. Like total. I mean, oh, yeah. like it, it was, was like full on karate. It was, yeah. It was. And so then everyone rushes over there. The dude was on the ground. Jimmy's still kicking him. Mr. L walks over with... Like, I think he had, like, a big, uh, like, a, a chair or something. He took the bar stool. He, he took a bar stool, smacked this guy, 
smacked this dude, and like everyone's running over. And this, what was funny about it is the dude had like two friends that he was with, and his friends were like, "Yeah, we're out of here," and they split. And so this guy, I mean, this guy got his ass beat. I've never seen anyone get their ass beat that badly. Yeah. I mean, he was like on the ground, just beaten down. And then in comes Big Jeff. <laughs> You're outside, and you run in to find out what happens. And this guy's barely getting up. And this is my favorite part of the story. The dude's sitting there, like, he's barely getting up. Like, he's just kind of like, I think he's on, like, all fours. And uh, you're like, so what happened? They're like, he punched Mr. L. And you just, like, I just see, I remember seeing on the video camera later, your fist up, outstretched, and you just nail him. Yeah. Straight down. It was the coup de grace. I mean, the guy, like, it was yeah. done. The, the fight was done. I mean, there was no fight. The guy was done. And then he, then he was just kind of dragged out of the place. Well, and that goes back to the stuff that, that uh, this supposed Mr. L... Uh, has done for me in the past to where it was when I found out he got hit, it's fucking on. Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, it's just like you're just kind of like, you know what? You just went in there and hit someone who I respect yeah. and who, you you're know, done. you work you're, for. You're I'm done. Fucking... And so what was funny about it is later on the night, we were watching the video camera in slow-mo. And the best part about it was that little dude, Jimmy, jumping over the bar. I mean, in the air, like six feet in the air. Yeah. Just watch out. Like total like karate kick to that guy in the face. Well, and the best part about that, you know, yeah, that whole thing was just crazy. But then you add in, and, and I hate to name drop, but that night in particular, I remember what was going on that night because upstairs was our VIP. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but in the VIP, half of the VIP was taken up by the band Corn. Yeah, Corn was there. That I will night. say I their name on air, that. whatever. <laughs> the other half, I'm not going to say on air. Dude, they paid me a lot of money, though, to play a few of their songs. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, I remember that. And the girls loved it. Yeah, you know, that song Freak on the Leash, the guy came in, uh, what's his name, Jonathan Davis, gave me like 100 bucks. So yeah. like, play uh, like three Corn songs. So play like, it. All right. The chick's got for crazy. Yeah. But the other side of the VIP room, and I'm not going to name the name of the club because whatever, I'm, I got some wits about me. But it was, uh, we'll just say, an outlaw motorcycle gang motorcycle <laughs> club uh in san francisco outlaw club who were regulars of the of the club or were friends with mr l and they're up there with doing their party thing with their chicks corns over here doing their party thing with their chicks this shit happens downstairs and word gets back up to upstairs and both those groups come down to see what the hell's going on and the situation's already done and this is my version of it you know the situation's already done and then uh, I remember, you know, it was just like the fact that I did that, the fact that I was there for Mr. L like I was really pleased the outlaw club. You impressed him. They were happy. They let me know it. And that was just an interesting night because that changed. I was always kind of had to worry about, well, what if they do something that I have to deal with? And after that night on, I always knew that they were never going to do anything that I had to worry about. If yeah. they did something, I wasn't going to deal with it. You know, yeah. it was just kind of one of those security I, I think nights. it was a level of respect. Yeah, it was one, well, it was one of those security nights that you realize where you're at with certain people. <laughs> and it was just, it was a good night. Now, good th night. there were some, definitely some epic fights. Definitely some epic fights at the Gold Club. But anyway, it was it was definitely a good time uh, that we both that we both experienced because oh, we both yeah. were there. And yeah, I mean, there was some definitely. I mean, there were, I could go on all night talking about this, but we were kind of uh, ran out of time here for sick and wrong. But uh, but but Jeff, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Hey. I want to ask you. I mean, would you ever do security again in the future? I know uh, now you're like you know you got a wife and kid, you're married, and it's like you kind of moved on. You know, and I still do a little private thing for the, our vodka friends. Yeah, you know, but um. It goes back. It depends but would on the you situation. work at a strip club again? No, I, it's There's just no like way. that was the, that was a point in your life where There's you could no do way. that, yeah. and it's just like yeah. I mean, the same thing with me. It's like I, I highly doubt I'll go back to DJing over there. I always thought that you know maybe I could DJ in Vegas because that's where you make the really big money. But dude, I, I don't even. I, I it scares me to think about like the amount of venereal diseases and cocaine I would end up doing. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's only one time in your life when you can work in that situation, and I did that like three different times. So I yeah. think <laughs> the fact that I'm sitting here right now is is probably sign enough that that's it. Yeah. Next week we'll be back. We'll have Wackerly back in the studio, the and uh, we'll find out about the whole um, trip to Alaska. And uh, you know, who knows? I think he might have found his Eskimo wife. It might have happened. Well, thanks for listening. Till next week. Smell you later. Oh. Uh.
niggas on the corner. I ain't forget you niggas. My triple B niggas. In this game for years, uh, it made me an animal. It's rules to the shit. Uh-huh. I wrote me a manual, a step by step booklet for you to get your game on track. Not your wig pushed back. Rule number uno: never let no one know how much dough you hold. Cause you know the tread of breed jealousy, especially if that man fucked up. Get your ass stuck up. Number two. Never let them know your next move Don't you know bad boys move in silence And violence take it from your highness uh-huh. I done squeeze mad clips at these cats For they bricks and chips Number three Never trust nobody Your mom's set that ass up Properly gassed up Hoodie the masked up For that fast buck uh-huh. She be laying in the bushes to light that ass up Number four Know you heard this before Never get high on your own supply Number five Never sell no crack where you rest at I I don't care if they want an ounce, tell them bounce uh, Number six, that goddamn credit, get it You think a crackhead paying your back, shit, forget it Seven, this rule is so underrated Keep your family and business completely separated Money and blood don't mix like two dicks and no bitch Find yourself in serious shit Number eight, uh, never keep no weight on you Them cats that squeeze your guns can hold jumps too Number nine, should've been number one to me If you ain't getting back, stay the fuck from police uh-huh. If niggas think you're snitching, they ain't trying to listen They be sitting in your kitchen, waiting to start hitting Number ten, a strong word called consignment Strictly for live men, not for freshmen If you ain't got the clientele, say hell no Cause they gon' want their money, rain, sleep, hell, snow Follow these rules, you'll have mad bread to break up If not, 24 years on the wake up Slug hit your temple, watch your frame shake up Caretaker did your makeup When you pass, your girl fuck my man Jacob Heard in three weeks she sniffed a whole half a cake up Heard she suck a good dick and could hook a steak up Gotta go, gotta go, more pies to bake up Word up, uh. Crack King, Frank Wizard Uh One, two, two, three, four